Hey, Crazy Cool Parents, welcome to the Weekly Rethink. Don Manning here. And Suzanne, and we're here to help you rethink the way you do family. All month, we've been talking about the word culture. Culture is so important to our homes. The culture that we establish in our homes will help build the relationships we want in our homes. And culture is a ever-flowing thing in our homes. So we've been talking about uh, the importance of culture, and then Suzanne and I were just talking about what we've done to build culture in our home. It made us think about our 27 years and seven kids and all the things that we've done. And today we wanna to talk about some things with words in our culture. Yeah, some practical. And Suzanne, aren't words powerful in our culture of our home? Oh my goodness, they they actually set the tone, I believe, and on how our kids are gonna to respond to us, which is part of culture, how you respond. It sets the air, the atmosphere, if it's a safe place or not a safe place. So yes, I think words are are very valuable. And I'm super excited for us to talk about it today because we're going to talk about things that don't say, you know, things that we remove from our home. And then we're going to talk about things do say, things that we want that we put into our home strategically or intentionally added to our home to impact the culture. Yeah, we got to walk down memory lane a little bit. And we're yeah. going to do it next week too. So next week we're going to talk about actions. Today, we're going to talk about words. And our verse we thought of was Ephesians 4.29, which is a, such a powerful verse about words. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So our words need to benefit our children in the way that they need it, not in the way we need it. Well, and also when your children are interacting with each other, I use that verse so many times. Is that building your brother up? Is that encouraging your sister? And so it's a great verse for us to memorize as parents, but also to teach our kids because that's the literally the foundation that we're building all of this interchange with words. Yeah. Some of the things that we took away in our homes, in our home, we only have one home. Um, <laughs> We've had several along the way now. Yeah, but, but in our home, <laughs> in general, home is anywhere you interact with your kids, remember? When you, anywhere yeah. you interact with your family. We've only had one of those. One of the things we remember doing at first was we couldn't stand it when our kids said the words, shut up. And that so was a rude. big deal. Yes, and it was just such a big deal in our home. But, uh, but it was And it might seem pretty G-rated. You know, it might seem pretty simple, shut up, really. But if you think about it, it's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear what you're saying. I want you to be quiet. You know, it's, you know, you can't say shut up nicely. Shut up. It's still rude. But one of the things that was so odd to me, and I was a young parent when this was going on, is I would keep telling them to not say shut up and they wouldn't do it. And they would still, or they, they would do it. I mean, they would still say the words shut up. And I was, um, I was thinking, okay, how does this happen? my kids must not be very smart because <laughs> they won't say, stop saying, shut up. Right. But I just stayed with it. And probably in, in my young years, uh, not as nicely as I might do it today. Well, so when our kids were little, we would have like the consequences to their, I mean, what you need to do, you need to have the natural consequences. And so for us, as we were trying to train or to get rid of some of those words, then we would like wash their mouth out with soap because it was a bad word or a mean word or a rude word or a dirty word. And so the best thing to do is to clean that. And so- Okay, so full confession here. <laughs> so full confession. So we had the pump soap, you know, instead of the little bar. Because you know? you've watched me wash their soap <laughs> yeah, out of mouth out yeah. before and 
But, but so my, our oldest daughter, Molly, was uh, had a bit of a gag reflex. And so, well, oh my goodness. I, I, well, downstairs guest bathroom, there was no bar soap. And so you just took... I should have done one pump. <laughs> and I did two. And or she starts, two. No, it was, it was two. only two. It was not If four. we had Molly it here, was, she would say, it was pump, 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 Molly, pump. Molly can't be here for this one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, she kind of has a gag reflex too. So it wasn't a pretty sight. But but I learned a lesson there. But it was so hard to get him to shut to stop saying shut up. It was so hard to get him to, so hard to get him to shut up. No, but it was still hard to get him to stop saying that. But then one day it just didn't happen anymore. And I learned such a valuable lesson about right. that is that if we stay with it, then things happen. Even if we do it not exactly right all the time, it does work. Well, so I was going to start. Yeah, I was going to say that is that sometimes when we've got those words that are coming at us from our kids and we don't want them to say them, we can we can actually go into a negative word spin ourselves, and we can start nagging them or being rude back to them. You know, don't say that. Why do you say that? Quit saying that. I've asked you to stop saying that and kind of go off on them. Well, what's that doing to our culture? It's not any better. I would almost say, just leave the word alone if that's the way you're going to go after it. But so what my mom did, which was so helpful, is she did not like the word sucks. You know, I, okay, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me, whatever, with that word. But so for her, she didn't like it. And so what she would say is, I wish she wouldn't say that. I mean, that was it. It wasn't stop saying that, don't say that. It wasn't rude. It was, I wish she wouldn't say that. And so the little girl in me, or he was actually, I was a preteen. I wanted to love my mom and I wanted to honor her and I wanted to respect her. And so if that was her wish that I wouldn't say that, then I wanted to do her wish. And so that was one of the words that I alleviated from my vocabulary, at least in her presence (laughs) to honor her. And, And it was almost like, wasn't it that it was a preference that she gave to you. And so you wanted to do her preference. Right. And isn't that what we want for our kids is we want to influence them and not turn them away. Because when we nag our kids, especially in the teenage years and in the grade school years and and on up, what happens when we nag our kids about words? Well, they just don't talk to us anymore. So we eliminate the discussion. We eliminate the relationship by our nagging about these negative words, don't we? Yeah, that's good. You know, we were also thinking about what things that we eliminated and how how these things happen. And another thing we look back on is that sometimes things happen because of our example. You know, that we didn't do things, we didn't say certain things, or our kids didn't say certain things. For example, cussing. You know, we chose not to be people that cussed for the most part. Well, I just I, I thought of a story I want to say. When I was a sixth grade teacher, um, I was having a parent-teacher conference, and I was going to actually talk to the parent about their child who constantly dropped the F-bomb everywhere he in went. In sixth grade? In sixth grade oh, wow. all the time. And so I was going to talk to the parent about that, and then the parent sat down, and in our conversation, I hadn't even brought it up yet, the, the father dropped it two or three times in the conversation. In a parent-teacher in conference. In a parent-teacher conference. And so I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way that this child's not going to say that if his parents are saying that. And so just pay attention, parents. Are your children saying the things that you're saying? And then you're asking them not to say those things, but yet you're living it. You're being their living example. And I think to kind of bring all this to a close on the negative side of things, things we don't want to do, as we have an example and as we encourage our kids and as we build that relationship, 
we can go from a culture in our home of nagging about things to agreeing on things we're not going to say. Like our, our kids, as they've grown up, they adopted that mantra that we're not going to cuss because they believed in it. In fact, you were telling me the story about Maddox and how he was talking about, uh, you guys actually had some discussions about why we don't cuss. Let's hear from one of our kids on this subject. Maddox is our sixth born child, second born son. He is an external processor, which is just delightful because he <laughs> talks about things and he asks questions and he in, invites his parents' opinions in. When it comes to cussing Maddox, I remember I remember the conversation really well, but I don't remember how old you were. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade? Something like that. Somewhere in middle school. Somewhere in middle school. And the, the topic of cussing came up because... Because a lot of my friends were cussing and it was new and I was wondering what my thoughts were and what God's thoughts are on cussing. And did you want to join them or were you ever... Um, I, I knew it was wrong, but there was also a part of me that wanted to be cool. And so I was wondering, I was just wondering where, where I am, where I stand on that. Yeah. And I remember us sitting in the car and yep, in the car way back from school, we were just in the garage and that's where a lot of our conversations yeah. happen. <laughs> our uh, powerful. Seven, seven minute car ride here and from school. Change the world. Changes, changes hearts. <laughs> And so I remember you saying, mom, why can't we cuss? Like what's wrong with cuss words? They're right. So I was, I came up to my mom and I said, there's no, there's nowhere in the Bible to say that the F word, for instance, or this word is wrong. This is the word that's wrong. And she came back and said, yeah, but there is places in the Bible where it says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speak and um, build others up and don't build others down. And so well, I thought, and then I, the whole book of Proverbs and then, you know, that talks about all the tongue. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so those scriptures then kind of flipped your thinking a little bit. Right. And so it came from it came from uh, the idea of these words are wrong to the heart is wrong. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if we're speaking words of discouragement, then the heart is discouraged. Or if we're speaking bad words, then the heart is bad. And so that changed my whole entire outlook on, on cussing. And specifically because... Like our God, the reason why I didn't include the F word in the Bible, because he knows that our God is a God of multiple generations. And so he, he, the reason the F word now is different a certain amount of years ago. And so he know God knows that it's the heart, not the specific word. So it's not, it's not about the words. It's not cuss right. words or mean words or any other words that you want to include in your culture. It's the heart. And right. how do you go after the heart? Right. The heart, the way you go after the heart and specific people is you get them to come to the same conclusion. So you ask them the question. And so she just asked me, what's wrong with cussing? And I just said, the words are wrong. And she said, well, it's more of the heart's wrong. And so having them come to that conclusion is better than you teaching it to them. And so asking questions to figure out what they believe. So what's good about cussing? What's bad about cussing? And I came to the conclusion that cussing only tears down. It never, ever builds up. And so why would I want to do that? Why would I want to only tear people down whenever I can be building others up? Yeah, that's perfect. Thanks, Maddox. Wow, that was a powerful uh, insight from you, Maddox. Thank you so much for sharing with us and talking with your mom about that. I love it when our kids get to join in because they bring such insight that we as parents don't have. If you want to know something, what's going on, ask your kids about it, develop that relationship. 
moving on, let's talk more about uh, what we have done to add in to our culture in our home so that it brings about life-giving culture. One of the things we talked about with that was speaking vision for our kids, okay. speaking life into them, that uh, there's so many times that I'm so glad that somebody showed us about uh, how to speak life into our kids. For example, our pastor at church would tell his son that he is a mighty man of God. One of the things that we called, told our kids is that they were Levites, that they were set apart to do great and mighty things. And that was just kind of ingrained into them, which has pulled them into the ministry, into loving people at a higher level, because that's what we spoke into them and over them. And that they are leaders. Right. And, they're, and yeah. And they are going, people are going to look to them. And so it gave them, you know, you think, oh, well, it's too much responsibility. What it does, it inspires them to want to be leaders. I remember with Macy, um, our middle daughter, or our third daughter, one of the middle daughters, <laughs> one of the middle Somebody, kids, Somewhere yeah, in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Uh, <laughs> that I got a vision for her that she would be a worship leader. Mm -hmm. And so I started to speak that. Hey, Macy, not, that, not to guilt her into it, but hey, I believe that God wants you to be a worship leader. Basically, Macy is a worship leader today. Oh, anointed. And, and used by the Lord in that. But God, and I believe that God shows us things when our kids are younger. We see giftings in them. We see things that are, that God's calling out in them. And it's okay to say, hey, I think God wants you to be this. Oh, and, for sure. And and see what happens with that. We had a, you know, even with young kids, uh, in our book, there's a story of a good friend of ours who got the phrase, you have what it takes and spoke that to his four-year-old son. And it just inspired his son because then his, his son would walk him out to the door and his son would say, bye, daddy, have a great day at work. You've got what it takes. You're a winner. And he would say the same thing back. Isn't that cool how words can bring such inspiration to the parent-son relationship? Oh, for sure. And then just to build on that, to, to just tell your children that they're brilliant. You know, when they come up with an idea or they show you something, you're brilliant or that's so smart or how clever, you know, just to encourage them, I guess, with what it is, whatever it is that they're doing or bringing to you. And it kind of relates back to what we don't do because so many times in our, in our culture, we have a culture of you're not good enough. Right. You're not enough. Why can't you be better? Why didn't you do this? Instead, let's flip that into, wow, that's an amazing idea. Wow, you're an amazing kid. Well, how do you think about those things? You mm -hmm. know, I, I right. see you do it all the time. Okay, so let's take something like video games. Instead of always marching into their room and saying, why are you on your video games again? You always are on your video games. You get, you know, walk in there and go, hey, show me what you're doing with this video game. And then he should, and they will, don't worry, right? I mean, tell, <laughs> talk about that a little bit. You do that all the time with McCade. Oh, McCade is so good, especially when he does something really good. And then I don't have any idea what he's doing. And so it's so fun for him because he can laugh at me because then I'll ask questions like, well, well, why is that person doing that? Or why are they going there? Well, mom, they need to go there so that they can, you know, watch this. I'm about to be the last one left in the game. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. You're going to be all alone, you know, just to kind of mess with him a little bit. But just with video games, it's so foreign to me 
to be able to encourage them in that, it's like, that's brilliant. That really is. It's beyond anything I could ever do. This next generation, I believe, is being trained to do incredible things through technology. I believe that God's going to present to them something that our generation will have never experienced, but can't really even comprehend. And their little brains are being trained in a way that they're going to be able to take on this. And so why not encourage them with where they are and where their successes are being and where they feel like a, a winner, I guess. And then what that does is it builds the relationship rather than tears it down. You know, if you want as a parent for them not to do video games for hours on end, set some limits and tell them about right. it, but don't go in there and just nag it all the time. Right. If you're going to go in there, go in there with a life-giving statement, ask life-giving questions and get them to respond. And now you're building the relationship rather than tearing it down. That's what we're talking about when we talk about culture right. and how to build culture in their homes. Another thing that we talked about is we would tell our kids when someone else praises them. Mm -hmm. So if a teacher says, oh my goodness, Michael is such an amazing young man or whatever, somebody at church, you can't imagine what he did today or whatever. That is something that we immediately go back to our kids and go, you can't believe what I heard today. You right. know, uh, Bill at church said that you talked to this other young person and shared Christ with them or whatever it is. Do you know how, how wonderful that makes me feel as a parent to know that you're out there, you know, doing good things? Man, it's amazing. Go, man, that's, that's just another example of how you're becoming a leader. Right. You know, and then you turn it back into what we're speaking into them anyway, things that support those things. Yeah. I think one of the most important and valuable words that we have to, have to, have to add to our culture, our vocabulary is I love you mm. or love you. I mean, that is intentional. If you don't take anything else away from today's podcast, or the most powerful thing you can do is to speak love in mm. your household. Be intentional. Like, you know, when they wake up in the morning or when you first see them, when they come home from school or when they go to bed or what we do right now, since most of our family is on the other side of a phone line, usually, then we usually end the phone conversation with love you. It's so ingrained in me now that the other day I was talking to a contractor, the plumber, actually, who was coming to fix my sink and we were getting the logistics down of when he was going to come. And so I got off the phone and I said, love you and hung up. Now, <laughs> so Let's, let's qualify that just a little bit. We do know him. Oh we, yeah. He's a family he's, friend. He's, yeah. a family friend. he's not just a random plumber. <laughs> no, because I think it frazzled him a little bit because then he texted back like the next day. Okay. I've been thinking about it all night long and I'm so honored that you said that you love me and I love you too. <laughs> And we just thought it was so great because it's like, it's just an automatic response. And I know parents, you love your kids. I know you do. It is automatic. It's deep down inside of us. And so I just think that sometimes we withhold it. Like I, I can count on my hand how many times my dad told me he loves me because it's just, it was just assumed. And it becomes kind of awkward. It does. It's so awkward because it's such an intimate, you can't not say I love you or I, without it being intimate. And I think that's sometimes what we just say, love you, you know, because it seems a little more casual. Yeah, but but then, even to the plumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. So yeah. I'm going to give you a homework assignment really yeah. quick. It's just to take an inventory of words that are being said in your home and keep the ones that are creating culture and then replace the ones that you don't 
want to use anymore, the ones that you don't like, and include your kids in it. You know, do a family night, order some pizza, have some fun and say, all right, kids, we're going to take captive all the words that are being said in our home. And we're going to talk about the ones that make us feel good and the ones that don't make us feel good. And we're going to stop using the ones that don't make us feel good. And we're going to add to the ones that do make us feel good. And you don't get to turn it into a lecture set. <laughs> And you don't get to tell your kids all the things they did wrong and all the words they said. Well, you guys say this all the time. They need to turn into arguments. Just make it fun and be willing to take a little bit of heat yourself yeah. and be, be comfortable in your own skin and realize that, you know, wherever your culture is, then uh, we just want to see it go a step forward. So let's wrap up. Great conversation today. We hope it's benefited you and blessed you as you are working on building the culture in your home. Remember, our month-long assignment is to, is to go get our book, Crazy Cool Family. You can get it on our website or you can get it from Amazon. Just type in Crazy Cool Family book and you'll find it there. We want you to read the last four chapters, 9, 10, 11, and 12, as we talk about the specifics of some very practical ways to build culture in your home. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you can also uh, like us on social media. You can also go to our website and connect with us. So we have your email address. And so we'll send you this podcast every week. You can also find us on iTunes and all that podcast stuff. Spotify. That <laughs> That's right. Thank you for being here with us. Enjoy your week and go be crazy parents. Crazycoolfamily.com.